0: What day afternoon replay from Money FM eighty nine point three Market View on Money FM eighty nine point three.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM eighty nine point three. It is the wrap for the week. I am Clarissa Montero, joined by JP Ong, and since it is Friday, by Jeff Howie from the SGX Strategic Market Analyst from the SGX. Now, before the microphones came on. These two were being all ageist and everything about that song that just played.
0: I'm just saying. (laughs) Okay. okay, Blank. (laughs) Anyhow.
1: Don't you dare. (laughs) What an interesting week we've had, you know. For the better part of the week, the SDI was in the red, but today it started off looking pretty happy, mm-hmm. just like the song made us all feel really And just like really at the start happy. of the
0: week when we saw gains on Monday, so right. you're, you're seeing you, it's a red sandwich, you know, in some sorts. But it's then, really,
1: it's really kind of strange, isn't it? But I'm sure that a lot of people are happy that we're seeing some green today. Mm-hmm. What's driving it?
0: Well, I think it's just a good old fashioned bounce back. And right. remember, we were talking about. Uh, about, there seems to be a psychological level at the moment. 3-250 is a bridge we don't want to cross. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems that 3-200 is, is a depth we don't want to plow. Right. And we did fall below that level the other day. And perhaps just having people coming back and saying, wait, wait a minute. I think we might have taken this a little too far once again. And you seeing just a little bit of a bounce back at least for the Straits Times Index. We're now at 3,211 points. So you see coming back up, we're about 19.5 points in the green so far today. It's following what you're seeing across many major markets so far across the region. The Nikkei 225 also coming back. They're up by about 100 points in Japan at the moment. The KOSPI a bit more cautious right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're up by about 2.5 points. Uh, the ASX 200 in Australia also up by half a percent Markets in, China, in mainland China, though, not looking too good. Shanghai and Shenzhen are not both still love. not feeling the love. In fact, the Shenzhen bourse is down by about 1.2%, mm. 1.25% at the moment. And the Hang Seng today is starting to show signs again of bouncing back. Now, a number of uh, fund managers that the South China Morning Post spoke to earlier today did allude to the fact that they are seeing some bargains once again. And again, yeah. this, it shows again this whole idea that you've got these supports and resistance levels and, and places where investors look at and say, wait, wait, now maybe it's a good time to actually start bottom fishing again. Perhaps looking for a, for, a, for, a, for a pullback. But we've seen these patterns before, not just here in Singapore, but also in these markets, such as Hong Kong, mm-hmm. and maybe major markets. When people are looking for bargains at these particular levels and then selling off when they hit us on another level, say, three, four days later on. It does beg the question to me as to whether or not people are starting to trade in, more in shorter frequencies, if people are starting to... To um maybe I, I wouldn't go as far as to say speculate, but definitely trading with three day horizons, which is shorter than we've seen in other times, and maybe this is just folks just saying you know while we 're wobbling and while we're waiting while this uncertainty continues to to uh, drive us any which way that it wants to, I think at the moment we're just going to have to ride some of these short term momentums and get out of quickly once we hit these these spots, but again, Jeff has m- a lot more experience with the monitoring markets, so I'd love to get his thoughts on what this What do you
1: think Is yeah. it a hidden run now?
0: No
2: look its <laughs> I mean it's so, I simple, could be wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, Thank you Things obviously uh, jump a little bit in uh, tempo, are expected to jump a little bit in tempo ahead of Deck 15, obviously, as we do hope that this trade deal uh, Mm. does get signed. And the Vice Premier is cautiously optimistic it Mm -hmm. will happen. That has seen, uh, I guess, yields come off a little bit more in in the US 10-year notes. And that's pretty important too, because that's been a little bit wobbly, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. The the fact that we've ended it last year at 2.68% in the beginning of... October, we were as low as 1.5%, mm. then back up to 1.9% only a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, but since we've come back into those mid 1.7%. So a little bit of moderation um, in the treasuries means that in you know, some more cross flows into the equities Look, every, a lot of stocks, we've just gone through earnings seasons. Uh, there's still a lot of business going on for the stock market here. There's still um, a lot of reaction to the earnings. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of reaction, po- some positive reaction we saw to the growth numbers yesterday. And of course, a lot of our businesses listed here are just getting on with the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular, this week, we've seen, uh, we've seen turnover surge for two of our REITs that have basically announced private placements mm-hmm. to help fund the requirements for acquisitions of properties. The first was Ascendus India Trust, which uh, is looking to buy a business park in Bangalore. And the uh, that was, I think, four times covered, the, the placement, the private placement that went through into the market and they were able to expand the base the fu- base funding from 100 million up to 150 million. Right. Now we saw the turnover of Sendus India India Trust mm-hmm. basically surge uh, for the last two sessions mm-hmm. uh, I think around sixfold on average for the last two sessions. That's a business trust as well not so much a REIT and that's up something like 50% in the year to date already right. and still maintains a high 5% yield. The other REIT of course is SBA REIT which is looking to buy Westfield Marion which mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. where it is. Yeah, close tell us to where, <laughs> where you live. Come I on, I <laughs> tell, tell it us. Is. It's in Adelaide, the inner city of Adelaide. But it's
0: kind of far though from from where you're from originally. It's though.
2: well, it was, it was where my originals came from. So ah, when, when the original my originals my ah. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't say my, my convict ancestors. My, my.
0: <laughs> I didn't go there, by the way, for the record, but go on.
2: Well, they, they, they went to McLaren Vale, which is uh, very close to the Barossa Valley, and I know mm. a lot of Singaporeans do visit the Barossa Valley. For so the I'm, wine. For the wine and yeah. that food mm-hmm. and, and the great uh, – Mostly for the wine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. you can also stop by uh, from the airport now at Westfield Marion, which uh, I believe SBH Reet is looking to acquire 50% interest in. And it's a it's a big retail shopping mall. That's uh, interesting part of trivia is it's got bread top there not Brad Talk, Brad Top, which is not Brad Talk, but it's very similar. You go to all the TripAdvisor reviews, people (laughs) actually mix the two up. Right Now, that's a a shopping centre, multi-level shopping centre with a cinema and so forth, and offers levels, I think four or five levels of commercial real estate. And then, uh, it's only about one kilometre in from the beach, the Brighton Beach Mm -hmm. as well. (laughs) Um, And and of course, uh, uh, SBH REIT has put out, the manager's put out the uh, press release that was multiple times covered. And uh, it's interesting, because the REITs have really, on a whole, kind of been very quiet this quarter to date. So for the first three quarters... For this quarter. Yeah, for this quarter. But for the first three quarters uh, of this year, that they, they, let's say the IEDGE uh, SREIT index that we have in our team, which was built by, coincidentally, a South Australian, mm-hmm. uh, that index basically had generated 25% dividend-inclusive returns for the first three quarters of this right. year, and then it's been effectively flat. But that hasn't stopped... All these REITs are uh, looking to tap the market again for secondary fundraising activity, mm-hmm. either through rights issues or private placements that have been well-received by the market, and it has enabled the REITs to continue to expand their portfolios.
1: Okay, so how did these two do today? Ascend, okay, and, uh, so here's, what,
2: here's the thing, and I, I
0: think we we talked uh, we touched on this briefly the other day, too. Ascendus India Trust, let's see, Ascendus India Trust, flat so far today. Yeah. They did lose ground, and SBA REIT. Also in the red, actually by two point seven percent. Now, don't be alarmed mm-hmm. and. Uh keep in mind that you when they did the private yesterday. yes we did when they did the private placements the issue price or the offer price was offered at a discount to what the volume traded sure. prices were earlier this week so it's natural that when you see more shares coming in there's more supply and you're seeing that the, the price was set at a slight discount also mm-hmm. you'll see the stock prices start to react just a little bit so we did mm-hmm. talk about this the other day Clarissa. Yep. there could be some, oh, some short term uh, just uh, not even a step back just just inching back of some of these, uh, these stock, stock prices but I think it's just a matter of just of a readjustment in their share price. I don't think it's indicative yeah. that, you know, the doom and gloom at either of these places. something
2: to Yeah, it's more of a liquidity move mm-hmm. um, than, than a price move. And uh, just for context, so as of the close of yesterday, if you looked at uh, ranking SBH rate, REIT amongst all the top stocks by turnover, it ranked number 73. Right. Today so far, it ranks number 11. Right. yeah Right.
0: Very interesting, too. And uh, I think it's also why both of them, when they made these announcements, they also asked for a trading halt because if it's also, this is why it's prudent to ask for these because you want markets to digest this kind of information and not really do a knee-jerk reaction and say, wait, why are you guys pricing this? And why are you doing this whole thing? Yeah, It's, it's yeah. good to give people a bit of time to really digest some of this. It's just, uh, prudent to put that stop gap, well, especially
1: in. Especially now since everyone's feeling a little bit skittish. A little
0: bit skittish. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just good practice, I think. Just like lambs. <laughs> True.
1: But it has been a very interesting week, not just on the markets, but the influences of the geopolitical aspects, you know, with with the... Uh,
0: Bit of a seesaw this week. Eh? The,
1: uh, with the impeachment go- trial going public, the Republicans baying for it to go public. Now they're saying these things should have been settled behind closed doors. They really should make up their minds. Mm. But that has fed into the uncertainties of the market?
0: I think so. Um, I think it's fed into uh, uncertainty, at least for, for Wall Street also. And uh, I, But I, the other uncertainty I would actually point towards also is... What's going on between the U.S. and China with regards to what's going yeah. on in Hong Kong? Sure. Now we've talked about the Hong Kong Demo- Human Rights and Democracy Act that was just passed by the Senate. Mm-hmm. The U.S. President Trump is uh, exp- is uh, we're still waiting on whether or not he's going to sign off this or sign this bill into law. China has warned him that there will be retaliation if he does that. So it's the first time, and uh, we know what how President Trump tends to react whenever he a threat, either direct or veiled, is aimed at him. Also, but what I think what's interesting about this act is that it requires an annual review. Of how open uh, Hong Kong is, or how autonomous they also are, with regards to their status as a special trading partner with the U.S. And if they, they, if one year they decide, hey, you know what, I think it's been eroded. We don't want to grant these trading statuses. This could actually bite Hong Kong's economy down the road. Also, I think it's uh, when you look at the at the bill itself and at the act. Well, it's it's not my place to say whether or not the U.S. Senate should or shouldn't do that. But ultimately, this could be a lose-lose situation for the Hong Kong economy. We've seen them be very resilient. There are some economic uncertainties with regards to what this does to Hong Kong and also could also bleed into those US-China trade relations that we've talked about also. Well,
1: coming back to Singapore, we did have some reasonably good numbers yesterday. I I suppose we've all reset
0: our
2: expectations. But yeah, they they were soothing numbers. Was that a surprise for you, Jeff? Yes and no. I mean... Yes, in that we, we do tend to have very sensitive GDP here to mm-hmm. to developments that happen across the region. You know, we back in 2017 we were we had uh, amongst the world's strongest growth rates for advanced economies, yep. uh, and then in 2018 we, we were still pretty good at 3.1 mm-hmm. percent, but. The surprise wasn't in that manufacturing and electronics was expected to weigh, mm-hmm. and I guess the good news on the financial services, the retail trade, the F&B and the accommodation and so forth uh, was expected, and we've seen that play out somewhat in the third quarter with right. our stock market. I mean, we knew financial services were okay because of the three banks together, DBS, OCBC, UOB, for the first three quarters of this year, remember they generated net profit growth of 8% on mm-hmm. average, and they also grew on average there wealth management income by 13% year on year. And then uh, for our top stocks that, I guess, top by capitalization and and top by turnover, the stock, stocks that really cover that uh, hardware, semiconductor, consumer electronic manufacturing group, the um, the stocks of AEM Holdings, UMS Holdings, Franken Group, Hype International, as well as Valuetronics. Those stocks, as we know, is, is as uh, Naveen uh, wrote in the Business Times and today. I'm reading it right now, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you'll see that he, yeah. in, on that page one, he's, he's talked about returns averaging around 85% in the year-to-date. And now in the third quarter, the five stocks actually averaged a decline mm-hmm. of around 2%. But since the end of the third quarter, those five stocks have averaged uh, returns of around 40%, which accounts for almost half their year-to-date gains. So there has been some sign of a turnaround, if you will. And we did see that play out somewhat in the earnings reports that did come out. I mean, right. you, you had uh, the UOMS executive chair and mm-hmm. CEO, Andy Leong, he sees that that uh, you're seeing a, a turn in the semiconductor I- industry with inventories easing, as well as uh, those uh, new technological disruptors basically increasing the application of the new products of uh, semiconductor mm. and the capabilities of the semiconductors.
1: So at that point, are we coming into a happy Christmas then?
2: Um, that
0: define <laughs> <the, the> <laughs> happy Christmas, right?
1: Well, rather than a bleak Christmas, are we looking at a happy Christmas for the next few weeks?
0: Uh, yeah, I think uh, we are going to see, a. Uh, I think there's still a bit of a sense that we're holding. We're, we're Everyone's holding their breath and hoping that December but, uh, 15th happens. Yes. Um, let's remember, though, that since the start of the year, and we've talked about this a handful of times, we I believe the STI is still up about 8%, yeah, eight, exactly
2: percent? 8 percent? Yeah,
0: exactly 8 percent. 8.1, exactly. 8.1 um, percent. Compare that to how some of these other markets in the region, the ASEAN, these grow developed markets. The Philippines is only up by about 5.8%. Malaysia, I believe, is flat to the downside. Same with the JCI. We're actually doing well not just in term uh, compared to some of the majors in the world, but also with regards to some of our faster-growing ASEAN neighbors. Mm-hmm. So at this point, if we start to play what I call keep away and just say, you know what, this is as good as it gets, we want to just make sure we preserve these gains. If we end with an 8.1%, 8.2% gain year-to-date, I mean, it won't be such a bad year. So is it going to be a good Christmas? I'd say this, is a, this would be a pleasant a satisfactory gift that I would say, let's take it if we end at 8.2% we'll, year-to-date, yeah. right? Or we'll run
2: of the mill. Yeah, I mean, run go- of the going mill. Going into this year, we are averaging mm-hmm. annualized total returns of 9.2% yeah. for the past 10 years. But uh, one key development this year that we have seen is that our STI is only 30 stocks. You look at our top 50 stocks by turnover, mm-hmm. on average, those stocks have generated twice the gains of the STI. Mm-hmm. And it's not just real estate investment trust. Yeah. It's some As we the- mentioned, some of these chips yeah is, exactly yeah. that you talk about quite a lot and yeah. and uh, other other businesses as well that do actually get quite decent coverage as well through uh, business times and right. money Fm
0: but I think uh, the question now is and I don't think this is a this would it would be a failure if we failed to breach it. But 3250 is becoming a rather stubborn resistance, and I think it's going to be just—it'll just be a nice cherry on top of the cake if we're able to breach it by the year end. But I think a lot of this will really depend on on the big catalyst for all markets. Are the two world's two largest economies going to get to a phase one deal? Are they going to calm themselves down and actually say, "Hey, you know what? We need to sign off on something." And I think if we don't achieve that by year end, 3250 might be as good as it gets. We might be, but again, if we do end at 3250 again, that's about eight eight and a half percent up, if I'm not mistaken, which is. Not bad when you compare it to what's going on in some of these other markets in the region that are seeing a little, quite a bit more turbulence actually compared to to Singapore's markets, and could also be Tanda to this the, this point that Jeff makes a lot is that the, that the diversification that you're seeing in the in, in the streets on the SGX is actually serving us rather well in making sure we can preserve this.
2: Yeah, those 50 stocks, Clarissa, that Mm -hmm. we rank by turnover, if you uh, look at all the geographical revenue, which gets reported every year in the annual reports, Mm -hmm. and you uh, slice it up, then uh, you'll see that half the revenue of those 50 stocks is generated here in Singapore, with half of the revenue actually generated abroad, mostly across Asia Pacific. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. lots of regional uh, trends, I I guess, will remain relevant going into the end of the year.
0: Regional trends and... But again, People going up overseas brings us back to those REITs we talked about, Asanias India Trust. Right. We also sure. talked about SPH REIT going going overseas. So it's a healthy distribution, I guess. Uh, you're not seeing a lot of con- concentration in just the, just Singapore. There's still others. There's also folks going out overseas. There are folks uh, looking at other sectors also here in Singapore. So there's a strong effort to try and I, I, I believe that if uh, whether or not you think it's a very diversified, there's a strong effort towards doing that. I think effort needs to be rewarded at least. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well. I, well I Let's hope that effort does get rewarded mm-hmm. um, before before I let you gentlemen go. One of the nice, bright pieces of news that came out, I think it was yesterday, is that Singapore's salary is set to rise a little bit in 2020. Fingers crossed, guys.
0: Is, is that the Merry Christmas you're hoping for? <laughs> I was, uh,
1: well, yeah, they can tell me that in the next two weeks. I would be quite happy with
0: that. All right.
1: <laughs> this has been Market View Wrap on Money FM 89.3 with JP Young. I'm Clarissa Montaigne, and Of course... On Fridays we're joined by Jeff Howie who isn't here next week because he's ditching us. Mm. That's fine.
0: I think it has something to do with, it, with a REIT. I'm Capital A. Sure. Yeah, I know. See,
1: now we know where we stand. I told
0: you it's the year of the REITs. Behind
1: the REITs. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: It is MoneyFM
0: 89.3. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at MoneyFM893.sg